0: You are now listening to the Peach Pundit Podcast, where we are expressing our own personal opinions. These views may not reflect the opinions of those whom we may be professionally affiliated.
1: Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Peach Pundit Podcast. I'm Jason Pye, joined as always by Scott Turner and Buzz Brockway. Guys, it's good to see you after my week on vacation.
2: Hope you had a good time.
1: I did. I did. I had a really good time. Probably drank too much, but I had a really good time otherwise.
2: So, I was thinking yeah. Vodarama. was just so awesome. You you had no choice but to leave town. Is that what? <laughs> yeah. They fin- I think they
1: they wrapped that up before I left town, and then the house came back and passed the bill while I was out of town. And yeah, it it was it was, <laughs> it's some it's some crap. That's what that is. <laughs> so before we before we forge ahead in this week's podcast, I do wanna let everyone know we are trying out a new service for the podcast, a new platform. So bear with us on any technical issues we already had some you should have you should have watched us as as we were trying to get to this point to start recording i think it took us a good 15 minutes including a quick rundown to my car to grab my snow my blue snowball microphone because the AirPods were not working that well and scott scott is a bit of i don't know a bit of a perfectionist as it were <laughs>
0: Well, somebody needs to be will Pete. <laughs> raise the standards in this place.
1: Oh my
2: gosh! So you're assuming I mean, we have standards, though. That's the thing. You got to have standards in order to raise them. So,
1: well, I,
0: I guess create some standards. I don't know.
1: Are don't you know. saying I didn't have standards, my friend? <laughs> I'm not saying any anything I, like that. I'm just. Uh, I think Buzz did. I didn't. I mean.
0: No, I didn't say anything.
1: Fair enough. So, I missed I've missed a lot over over the course of the past past week or so, just really starting to get back in the swing of things. The one thing I think we should start with is a kind of interesting story about the Georgia Republican Assembly, which is I don't I don't know, I don't really know how to like ultra conservative Republican activists who constantly complain about the establishment and I used to complain about the establishment. I still complain about the establishment, but not with the degree of annoyance that the Georgia Republican Assembly tends to do it. But they are hatching a plot with Georgia House Democrats to remove Speaker David Ralston. And it's pretty pretty interesting. And one of our contributors, the grifter with no name, and I do not know who the grifter with no name is, had a pretty interesting post. It's not
0: me, Jason. I, I got four calls today asking me By sitting House members, if I was the grifter with no name, it's not me. I know who it is because I'm the editor-in-chief, but I'm never going to tell. And it's not me.
1: So be that as it may, this seems to be a long shot attempt considering the sort of collegiality that we typically see in the Georgia House of Representatives or the Georgia General Assembly between Republicans and Democrats. Yes, there is a lot of disagreement on very, uh, very big issues. It's this seems to be a, a sh- real stretch. So, Scott, why don't, you, why don't you kick us off? I actually really am curious to hear both of your thoughts, considering you both serve, and you both serve under Ralston.
0: Sure. So, you know, David Ralston and I have had our our disagreements. You don't years. say. Some of them, some of them more, <laughs> more public than others. That being said, the GRA, this group of folks who... Have branded themselves as the Republican wing of the Republican Party. That's how they refer to themselves. Have posted on their Twitter a photo that compares David Ralston to a Nazi firing squad. And it shows a bunch of Nazi soldiers pointing their guns at a French resistance leader who was smiling at them as they shot him. And they said basically that David Ralston is the firing squad here shooting after other Republicans, complaining that erroneously, by the way, that Ralston is targeting GRA-endorsed candidates for elimination. And with the reference or inference that the reason why is because he's afraid that if too many GRA-endorsed people get into office, that they will team up with the Democrats and vote for a Democrat for Speaker. (laughs) Which isn't going to happen. <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> but in, in order for them to get rid of Ralston under that scenario, that's what would have to happen. And so they are openly saying that they're willing to team with Democrats to remove David Ralston as speaker <laughs> and install a Democrat speaker. Oh. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> it's short-sighted. It's a cut your own nose off and spite your face type of scenario. It's, it's par for the course for this group, though. And they they complain that David Ralston is not singing Kumbaya and trying to unite the Republicans post-primary, but that's exactly what they're doing. (laughs) So the the irony is completely lost on them that they consistently attack Republicans all the time Mm -hmm. for what they see as a lack of being a Republican or a Republican in name only, Rhino. It's ridiculous.
1: Buzz, let me get your two cents.
2: Well, Scott nailed it. But I think what's, what, to me what's hilarious is, in reality, they are the establishment. They, sure. Grant Frost is one of the leaders of this organization who is also now, what is he, second vice chair? Am I having that right? High yeah. up in the leadership of the Republican Party. David Schaefer, in fact, is a co-founder of this organization years ago, from when it was started up years ago. The, the MAGA wing of the party is the establishment in Georgia. So I don't know who are they railing against. They can't rail find, against the
1: establishment because it's them. The imagery <laughs> here. The imagery here, and and uh, Scott, man, I'm not, I'm not insinuating that you're, you're not saying the truth about what the image is. But if if that is, if that is true, that is absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The 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 article has been posted on Peach Pundit with the screen grab of the tweet, so you can see for yourself on PeachPundit.com. It's the article by Grifter with no name, who's our one of our anonymous posters at Peach Pundit, a longtime political insider with all kinds of insights into Republican politics, and that that article very clearly shows documents. I mean, it even he went so far as to include his email to oh, I the, the G.R.A. representatives to say, you know, here's what I did. I gave them the opportunity to respond, and they didn't, and. And then we we talked a little bit about it yesterday. We went back and forth. He had a really incendiary headline initially. And I was like, yeah, let's tweak the headline some because (laughs) we don't want to actually make it seem like we're saying David Ralston's a Nazi because that's not what what the article is trying to say (laughs) at all. So, yeah, here at Peach Pundit, we call balls and strikes, right? I mean, when when David Ralston does something that's worthy of being called out, I'm not going to hesitate to call it out. But in this case, he hasn't done anything wrong. And, fr- and frankly, I've talked to multiple members of the House who were at the caucus meeting this past Saturday, and GRA was never mentioned. And multiple people have told me the GRA was never mentioned, but the GRA went ahead and posted as if, oh, one of the main focuses of this meeting was to attack GRA members, and that's just not true. It, mm-hmm. There's nobody in that room who has come forward to validate that claim.
1: Yeah. This is just... It's just I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know what has happened to the Republican Party, but this is Oh, don't let let's not act like this is unique to the
0: Republican Party uh, either. No, no. I, I, you have the Mises caucus over there
1: in First of all, it's Mises. VLP. It's Mises, but <laughs> and I'm this is and I also left the Libertarian Party because of the Mises Caucus takeover. We documented that here on the Beach the podcast. Scott, sure, uh, my, yeah, I got it. My point, my point is, my point is, it's just this sort, just the rhetoric. I mean, it's not just limited to this. I know you guys talked about the FBI raid of Marlago last week, which I know we're going to eventually discuss a little bit more today. But it's just, and then the you know, stuff about the FBI and the, the threats against the FBI. It's just this, this is this sort, these sort of tactics. I don't know. It's. I think they're going to blow up in Republicans' faces, and and this is. I realize this is a small segment of the Republican Party, but it's not. It is representative of the larger Republican Party, and that is not yeah. to say everyone is like this. I've known you two for almost twenty years a piece, <clears throat> and I know you guys are very different. But this is this is some shit. It's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's
0: certainly some stuff.
1: Well,
2: Uh, and and look, let's, I mean, this, imagine if they succeeded. What does that mean? Let's say that, well, that means that James Beverly, who is an honorable man, but he is a very smart, crafty, not not a conservative Democrat. That would mean that he'd be running the chamber. And so all of the things that the GRA wants to happen, which might have a chance of happening under a Republican-led House and Senate and Governor, which we may have in the fall, would not happen. So... In order out of spite against David Ralston, they're willing to ha- get nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's that goes to your point. It's just you know, it's stupid.
1: No and and, and it's it's <laughs> the the thing I've been I've been dwelling on this a lot lately, <laughs> including during my vacation. It it was I was thinking about how you know, politics these days are wildly controlled by the margins more than they have been in in the past I mean, yeah however long and but it is i'm becoming the belief i have and I'm, I'm sure you guys will probably agree with this this serves to benefit both parties this is more nationally than anything else but but it's true here with a group like this given the tactics you're using but the goal I think, for groups like this and others, and, and including individual politicians, is to drive more people away yeah. from the two parties. Because, as you said, said, Scott, this is not limited to just the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. But anybody who does this, is to, the goal is to, regardless of whether Republican or Democrat, is to drive more people away. Get them disenfranchised with politics. That way, more... the The elections will be decided more and more by their base. At least yeah. in primaries especially. But... That's that is cynical. It's it's nihilistic. It's and it's frankly just sad to see. Because I mean, they're they're having success. I you know I don't want to vote for Democrats or Republicans anymore. I don't want to vote for anyone anymore. I'm just going to go write Buzz Brockway and Scott Turner. Like just alternate you guys' names. You know, you guys are going to get votes. Nominated. I will not accept if if elected. (laughs) No, I mean it's it's.
0: But They ignored the Republican conservative policy wins as well. Things that they love, the heartbeat bill, the tax cuts, the gun bills, the things that have become law that are great conservative wins. They're ignoring all of those things in order to play politics over policy. And, it, and their focus is simply in the wrong place. At one point, the grifter says, you know, hate the player, hate the game. And that's they hate the game. And, and I'm sorry, you're not going to get any policy wins with James Beverly as Speaker of the House. You're just not. Yeah. And the Democrats are not going to make any deals with 9, 10, or 12 Republicans that doesn't put James Beverly at the front of the chamber with the gavel in his hand. Yep. So and what gu- they're doing is dangerous.
1: And right I, guarantee, I guarantee you, and, and this is what I say by in the long run, in the long run, like, you might think, like, you live in a bubble you live in this bubble where you think you think you know best what what Georgians or Americans whatever whatever group of people you're talking about whatever you think that you know best what they want you have no idea what the average person wants because the average person you look at I was writing about this last night I was talking about something like same-sex marriage and and I don't want to get into a debate on that I'm not bringing it up to get into a debate on it but I was looking at a Gallup poll. And, you know, 70% of Americans support same-sex marriage. That includes 55% of Republicans. And if Repu- you know, in my, I'm positing the theory, it's like, you don't even know what your own party wants. Now, mm-hmm. that's focused across the, the entire country. It's not specifically Georgia. But you're going to wind up driving more people away from the Republican Party, voters who should theoretically be with you, because of your tactics, and that is that is going to happen and it's going to be re- i am watching the absolute destruction of the republican party right now and i don't know whether i should get tissues or popcorn <laughs> 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 yeah well anyway so <laughs> moving along yeah. medicaid medicaid expansion is coming up once again and this is uh, seems to be a an annual discussion that you know it's talked about right before a session I know we're we're several months away we're what 5 months away from a session but it will be discussed I'm sure more and more as we get closer to the 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 next session of the Georgia General Assembly in January but this is coming out again and it's some people seem to believe this is something that's on the agenda right now that Republicans might go along with Medicaid expansion considering I believe this is an issue that is now it used to be one that was determined by the governor but now it's one that's determined by the state legislature as a whole <laughs> That law was changed what four or five years ago, I believe. So, yeah, this is this this seems to be a little on the wanting side to, to, oh, to say the least. It's
0: complete. It's complete BS. It's wishful thinking by the person who wrote the article. I've talked to several members of the legislature. I've talked to some folks in the governor's office and I've asked, where is this coming from? And they're like, we have no idea. Nobody's talking about this. (laughs) But the article makes it seem like the Democrats are in deep negotiations with the House Republican leadership and that's just not the case. It's complete BS. It's almost to the point where it's made up. There are a handful of Republicans in either chamber who have been very public in their comments that they should go ahead with medicaid expansion but they're in the vast minority they're just not anywhere close to having any type of consensus within the majority caucuses in both chambers you know i know chuck hefstetler has said he's a doctor from rome senator for that area and he has said that he supports it he is a bit of a more powerful chairman these days but he is a lone voice in that chamber on the republican side in in support of expansion of Medicaid and here's the other thing about it right one of the the article quotes Brian Robinson is saying Brian Robinson who used to work for Nathan Deal is now for it well Brian Robinson is a political animal and he wants to see wins he wants to put wins on the board and if we if the Republican side can claim a win here he would see that as a victory but here's the problem with Medicaid expansion and you know there's at any point in time the federal dollars could go away and the state is on the hook for it and the article says that that hasn't happened in any other states that that concern is not materialized but it and they act like oh therefore it it shouldn't really be a concern it absolutely should be a concern because (laughs) here's the truth of the matter when it comes to this policy federal dollars do not exist to fund this program they have to be printed or borrowed and add to the national debt if you were in really hard dire straits financially personally let's imagine that you were down on your luck the car company the your, your car finance company is calling you saying I'm going to come take your car back if you don't make a payment and you go to your neighbor and you ask them for a few hundred bucks to help you make your car payment so that you don't get your car repoed and they say well I don't have the money but I'll print it up real fast would you take the money <laughs> no you wouldn't because that would be irresponsible and nigh immoral to continue to use that resource to help fund your own personal needs. And that's where the state is, right? The, the, the posture of Georgia and Medicaid expansion has been that the federal government doesn't have the money, and just because they're willing to say, we'll throw you several hundred million dollars to help you fund it, doesn't mean that's the right thing to do. Yeah. And the Democrats ignore that aspect. They say, oh, we could be bringing hundreds of millions of dollars into the state. But they ignore the fact that that money doesn't exist or it has to be borrowed and paid back later there is no balanced budget at the federal level so yeah. you are acting irresponsibly not just for the state but for the country as a whole by accepting yeah. those dollars
1: yeah and and the, the, the free money and look I mean I if I recall correctly and I, I, it's been a while since I've worked on Medicaid and I always hated Medicaid the, the terms of working on it but if I recall correctly the you know, it was a hundred percent for a few years and they eventually dwindled it down. It eventually got to ninety percent federal funding. So a hundred percent was paid for by the federal government at the start. After a few years it got reduced down, gradually to ninety percent the state was responsible for the rest. That and Scott, you're you're so we would still have to come up with funding for it. You know, granted ten mm-hmm. percent, but you still have to come up with funding for it. Never mind all the issues that existed with Medicaid before the ACA still exists because right. the program hasn't been reformed. Yes, some states have gotten waivers and they're doing Medicaid on their own terms. Fine. Some of those progr- ideas are better than others. The issue here, as Scott said, is there is no funding mechanism for Medicaid. This is not like Medicare Part B, the, the hospital insurance trust fund. There is a funding mechanism for that. There's not for the rest of Medicare, with the exception of Part C, which is paid for by premiums. But the but the rest of Medicare is is, is, is not funded by a, 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 a tax revenue, a tax arm. So Medicaid entirely exists through debt, through or through printing money. But the problem we, we see here is, and one of the things I didn't get to mention beforehand is I actually also wrote something. I think I sent it to both of you. I wrote something about the long-term budget problems that we're facing, and, and you know you look at entitlement spending, this is automatic, this is this is baked in the cake spending that is going to grow from where it's at right now, which is about 11-12% of federal spending, of all federal spending, to upwards of 15% of all federal spending, and that's going to crowd out the rest of the budget, and, you know, and we're going to, so at some point or another, It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, or next year, or even a few years, but at some point, the federal government, Congress, will have to address the structural issues with these programs and place something like a spending cap on Medicare, or excuse me, Medicaid, which would slow the growth of the program and which would mean less dollars coming to Georgia. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's just something... They're, policymakers at the state level don't really think these things through. They just, like Scott said, jump for the
2: free money, which isn't really mm-hmm. free. Anyway, Buzz, go ahead. Well, I heard this rumor a couple of weeks ago, and I kind of uh, thought like you guys. Okay, well, there's no chance. No chance that this happens. And then all of a sudden Axios is reporting it. <laughs> so it, it, I guess it makes me think it's not made up. Somebody's talking about it. But, again, the, the hurdles, as, as you guys have pointed out, would be tremendously high. Let's let's assume that polls hold, Camp wins, Ralston remains speaker, and and Burt Jones is, is lieutenant governor. I can't see those three guys. It would take those three guys coming together and saying, yes, let's do this in order for this to happen. <laughs> and I just don't see that happening. So, yeah, I, I think it's, yeah, this is. But somebody's talking, and that's because the rumor is out there and it's reached the ears of Axios. Nobody's on the record. And of course, Scott, as you pointed out, Chuck Huffstetler, has you know, at least to his credit, he's been consistent. As long as he's been in the legislature, he's said he's for it. And I so I don't I don't know that it's coming from him because he's already publicly on the record, so why would he why would he then go off the record and spread rumors when he's already been out there public? Right. So somebody's yeah, talking, right. but I don't know. Yeah, I, I I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, it's it's gonna be it'll be interesting to watch, especially as we get closer to session. Whether those rumors are still uh, still out there or not, but who who knows? So, speaking of some shit, um, <laughs> we're gonna definitely
0: have to add the E designation on Spotify
2: now. <laughs> I don't. It's three don't, topics I, in a row. Yeah. <laughs>
1: i'm you sorry i have i have a potty mouth you know please <laughs> by the way speaking of which i have never heard a politician cuss as much as i hear i've heard alan powell cuss <laughs> no, <that's> true. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> so I, mean, I, I, remember, true. I remember walking around this has been 15 years ago walking around the Capitol one day i was just up there visiting and hearing him talk to someone, and God have mercy, he made me blush, and that's hard to do. <laughs> so there was a breach, a data breach in Coffee County, Georgia. Sydney Powell, the same woman is it a who breach, brought us,
2: or is it? A... <laughs>
1: well, data was literally stolen and copied. This Sydney Sydney Powell, the the same woman who brought us the Kraken lawsuit that was full of misspellings, inconsistent misspellings, and. Yeah, conspiracy theories. To, uh, a, a, a
0: general detachment from reality. A
1: general detachment from reality. She she apparently hired some folks to go down to Coffee County, copy this data straight from straight from the, the, I guess the machines or uh, from the hard what, drives from of the, the voting drives. equipment. Yeah, uh, yeah. Call call me crazy. And I'm gonna start with Buzz here, but call me crazy, but
2: someone should probably
1: go to jail for this.
2: Agreed. I mean that that is <laughs> that's what they've accused what, what they've accused other people of doing, right? Of stealing of stealing the data and using it. I don't know what they did with I I suppose what they were trying to do is all right, this you know, they've got their hands on this and this is the golden data that they finally need to show that everything has been every everything has been stolen and manipulated and Of course, there have been no such announcements. I think if they would have found it by now, we would have heard about it. But this is kind of like becoming what you imagine your opponents to be in order to defeat your opponents, and I think that's what's happened here. Yeah. And, yeah, I I think we have not heard the last of this story. He's going to get in big, big trouble over this. I'm personally hoping it's Sidney Powell.
1: But, Scott, Scott, let me ask you – and this this may not be fair but i'm going to ask it anyway so it seems like there's a lot of projection going on from the people who promote conspiracy theories because they say they talk about how the voting machines aren't safe yet they send some people down to illegally copy data allegedly all the and there there may have been instances of voter fraud committed by a democrat or a democratic voter but most of the ones i've seen personally are from Republican voters. So this... Correct me if I'm wrong. There just seems to be a lot of projection going on this. And I couldn't help but notice, by the way, that uh, CNN this morning or last night played video of Rudy Giuliani testifying before, I believe, your committee. So, (laughs) anyway, go ahead, Scott.
0: Oh, you'll have to show me the video that they... clipped that they used. I don't know if it's projection so much as it is a complete willful ignoring and unironically engaging in the same behavior that you are concerned others. You know, the the hypocrisy, I think it's blatant hypocrisy to engage in this type of thing. The former election director down there is a lady named Misty Hampton. When I was on that committee that you just mentioned, we saw a video of her explaining how easy it is to rig, quote unquote, the Reconciliation process, which is when usually when people use hand marked paper ballots on their on their mail in absentee ballots, they may not have that particular race bubbled in all the way, and the, and the machine can't read it properly, or they bubble in two races in one, or two candidates in one race, and it goes. And when that happens, the machine kicks it out and says, "This needs a human." to look at it, and then that reconciliation process requires the election supervisor and then the election board to sign off. So you need a minimum of three people, one Democrat, one Republican, and the head of the election for that county to say, this is in fact what the intent of that voter was, or we have to scrap that race for this particular ballot. And in the video, she was making it seem like anybody could do this, and you can't do it legally unless you have multiple people in the room when you do it and it, it became a source of contention for the conspiracy theorists there's an mm-hmm. institute or there's a, a group of people who called themselves the kraken institute who made that <laughs> video misty hampton misty hampton cr- totally added fuel to the fire for conspiracy theories when she did that now she is no longer this election supervisor in coffee county but she's also the one who allowed these people free access to come in this group that was hired cybersecurity, quote-unquote, group that was hired by Sidney Powell to come into Coffee County and make these images of these hard drives, which included all kinds of data about the operating systems, everything, how the security mechanisms for how these machines work. And that data was collected by them. They charged Sidney Powell $26,000 and she paid that bill. And (laughs) shortly after that, they got rid of Misty Hampton because she had falsified time cards that was the reason for her to go but i think misty hampton should be very worried she definitely should be having an attorney hired up for when they come with the handcuffs and the warrant for her arrest because i think that she giving people free access to something that is considered critical infrastructure has to be a crime somewhere right i don't know if it is or not you know we will use the alleged crime just because we don't we're not sure at this point but a lot of democrats on twitter have said what are what are brad raffensperger and chris carr doing and and in the same articles they they they're quoted saying we are investigating this and we will not tolerate this and the verbiage that they're using indicates there is a very serious concern amongst the people who are already Mm -hmm. in office who are trying to figure out you know what happened who did what and who needs to be held accountable and i ultimately believe that when they have collected the evidence they're going to hold somebody accountable
1: here yeah. I mean, they'll hold multiple people accountable, and, and and starting with Sydney Powell, who paid for it. You know, she is <laughs> she is directly involved, allegedly, well, and,
0: <laughs> and, and, and allegedly has possession of this data today, right? And I, where is that today, Sydney Powell? We need right. to know
1: w- what the chain of custody with?
0: was for that today.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of <coughs> conspiracy theorists, crackpots, and general weird people Rudy Giuliani was in Georgia today to uh, to testify to the grand jury who is probing I don't know what the hell they're probing but they're probing things Uh, I mean at this point at this point I'm not sure exactly what they're probing because there's so many different elements of this. But yeah, uh, so he he was in Georgia. It looked to be, I saw some pictures earlier on Twitter, looked to be kind of a madhouse at the Fulton <laughs> County Courthouse, a bit of a circus, as it were. Um, after saying he couldn't fly, they told him, we'll drive, take a train. Uh, he, he didn't say how he got down there when he was talking to reporters. He just said, let's say I didn't drive. Or he I, said didn't, I didn't. No, walk. I didn't walk. Walk. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't walk. But he's he's now a target of the investigation, along with several other people. Obviously, Senator Lindsey Graham is eventually going to testify. But at least that's what a court says. This is. I know. I know that all of us have. We all each. We each have our different take on this. We each have a different. Not so much a different take on the way the district attorney Fannie Willis has has handled the situation. She certainly made some mistakes, but. This is getting really interesting to me. So, Scott, I'll start with you.
0: Well, I, I I just think it's great to have him here. That it, you know, he overcame whatever challenges he said would have prevented him from coming. I, I, welcome back. Yeah, you know, I thought it was interesting that when he got to the courthouse, he was accompanied by Vernon Jones, the, the erstwhile candidate for governor and then Congress. He. Was he didn't appear to be sick? He didn't appear to be in poor health. So I'm I'm happy for him for that. And whatever comes out of this, I don't know, man. There's, I, I still think it's a fishing expedition. I'm not sure yeah. from her perspective in the and what she's investigating of what happened in Fulton County still rises to the level of illegal. The the jury is out on that, to use the phrase. But I'm. Just glad that he was able to make it. You know, that's my bottom. That's my take. I don't really have a whole lot to add, other than I wish that I was allowed to ask him questions when he did come testify in front of committee. I was not allowed to ask him questions, and that would have probably ended any my, my any of my career in politics if I had because I had I have questions for Rudy Giuliani a lot, and, and it starts and ends probably with the concept of Do you understand the difference between a ballot box and a suitcase?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the the whole the whole thing around Rudy Giuliani is is just really interesting because one it's been just a sad fall for him from mm-hmm. from being the the America's mayor and not on nine eleven and and the, all the goodwill and and you know leadership he showed and mm-hmm. after that and then you know when he ran in two thousand eight I I know people who who were supporting him and he definitely came across as having one of the better economic programs if I recall mm-hmm. correctly. To twelve years later,
2: someone who may sh- maybe should be in a retirement home. Um, <laughs> yeah. Buzz,
1: Buzz, I'm gonna let you jump in.
2: No, I, I agree with you. It is sad. I mean, this this is a guy. You look at his career. He he made his name by taking down the mob, yep. help, helping you know prosecuting the mob in New York City, busting them up. His term as mayor. I mean, he turned that city around and and made it. A place that people weren't afraid to walk any walk around anymore, and yeah, it is kind of sad. And I, you know, if you read Jonathan Carl's book about uh, called Betrayed, he talks about this this moment when Trump's campaign team tells him it's over, the election's over, we lost. And Rudy shows up and says, "No, we've got to keep fighting. You won, and here's and and that's that's when Trump immediately." Went to that and seized upon that. The campaign people were shoved out. Rudy moves into with all these crazy people into into Trump Towers and off we go. I I just blows my it boggles my mind that that he did this and he went down this path. And i mean I'm not shocked that Trump you know listened to a guy who told him what he wanted to hear. But now I mean yeah it's it's now he's a guy who's hawking flip flops to try to make money. You know, I mean, that's that's where he's at now. And it's a sad a sad thing, and it just further confirms in my mind that Trump destroys everything he touches, and Rudy's one of those things he touched. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, and I'm going
1: to seg- segue into our next topic, but it's interesting that Georgia has, has not responded in the same way as other states with Trump-backed candidates. Obviously, David Perdue lost, Vernon Jones lost, uh, Pat uh, Jody, Wink. Jody, Jody Heiss. Yeah. The only, you know, obviously, Birch Jones, Herschel Walker both won their primaries. They're not seemingly, well, Herschel, in Herschel's case, not seemingly performing that strong right now. We've still got a long way to go, but yeah. a little bit less than three months. But, you know, whereas other states, he's having a lot of success. Obviously, last night, Liz, Ch- Liz Cheney lost her primary. In a, by a pretty wide margin in Wyoming, you know, there are, yeah. And look, I mean, I, I I think I've said this before on the podcast. I'll say it again. I am not someone who is a, a generally a big fan of Liz Cheney. You know, I, I disagree with her on foreign policy and some civil liberties issues, but I respected her for taking, for standing for what she believed in. And I, I also, I also agree with her the same for Adam Kinzinger. Um, but you know, most of the candidates, the most of the Republicans who, who have, voted for impeachment impeachment this last the last time they did it have either not run for re-election or have lost their primaries yeah um, i think um, one one guy survived the- dan newhouse like. from from washington yeah so and there might be another david Valladato i believe from california he, he faces a tough general election but he also mm-hmm. he survived his primary as well but you know it's it's going to be it, but in georgia not having that sort of block and and buzz you mentioned that that you know, the MAGA faithful had a stronghold in the Republican Party. That certainly does seem to be true in the Republican Party apparatus, considering the mm-hmm. actions of the leadership of the Georgia Republican Party. But voters aren't responding the same way, and I'm curious yeah. what you, th- what you, th- why you think that might be.
2: Yeah, I mean, there was an interesting article. I guess it was written by Bluestein, right, in the AJC, looking at this. And Jason Shep had some interesting thoughts, and I, I, I tend to generally agree with them. I, I, I think it is. I think there's a couple of factors that make Georgia unique. And, and I think, and you probably can find this pattern around the country. There, there are people who Trump has got, has been mad at and gone after, like Brian Kemp. There are others around the country, but Kemp didn't respond. And and I think if you look around the country, the ones that survived were ones that didn't fight back. And what I, I guess, what I mean by that is they didn't turn around and trash Trump in return. And so I I don't know that might be that would be interesting once all the primaries are over which I guess they're just about over we could probably look back and see that that was the case if you're if you run a campaign the way Kemp did and just stick to your business and say here's what I've done and here's why you should real you know renominate me you probably had a lot more success and I think that you know there were there was I'm thinking of a congressman in South Carolina Tom Rice mm-hmm. who just blasted Trump. Every way, six ways to Sunday, lost. Whereas Nancy Mace, who Trump doesn't like, kind of didn't do that and won. Liz Cheney obviously is kind of the face of that. And I think she, I, I, I joked on Twitter, and I think this, I, I kind of think this is true. I think she, I think Liz Cheney views herself as Obi-Wan going to face Darth Vader and, you know, strike me down and I'll become stronger than you can imagine she's already floating her name out as a presidential candidate now. I I don't I don't know how I mean there there will be an anti-Trump candidate for sure and maybe it is Liz Cheney but I I don't see how that I don't see how an anti-Trump person wins the nomination. I I consider I don't think Trump's going to be the GOP nominee. I think there will be a, another person who wins that. But I I, I don't, I don't see, think I don't she's know. going to do, do that to
0: with, to win, Buzz. <laughs> you know, I don't well, think but, yeah. if Liz Cheney runs for for the nomination, she's not in it to win it. She's in it to destroy Trump. She's in it to continue to well, remind voters of what she believes is true.
2: But but that way. Well, right, but what But right? does, does he believe that? Because she's made. I mean, look, I'm not saying look, I think she's sincere. I think that she she truly believes that Trump must be stopped. And that uh, but uh, but, uh, you know, there's some people I know who have talked with her and met with her. She, she views herself as a national candidate and has for some time now. She views herself as the face of the replacement, the person who is going to destroy Trump and save the GOP. That's a little more than just... Jeff Duncan could not be reached for comment. (laughs) Well, she's, she has... uh, That's more than just a kamikaze mission in her mind. Okay, that's what I'm saying. That's more than just a kamikaze mission. According according to the because I
1: I subscribe to three major email lists political news email list punchbowl news and playbook and the huddle all the latter two being Politico she apparently this has filed a form with the FEC to reorganize her campaign account which had <laughs> seven million dollars in cash as of the end of July to be a leadership pack called the Great Task and 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 Scott I'm gonna turn it over to you in a second but the one thing I'll say is you if you put and I'm not saying I will vote in a Republican primary for Liz Cheney but if you if you ask me to choose between Liz Cheney and Donald Trump, I will choose Liz Cheney any day yeah but but Liz, you're not
0: an average Republican voter
1: no I despise just despise Donald Trump with every right. fiber of my being
0: right. And that's what would be your motivation. The The majority of the Republican Party does not feel the same way that you do. The average Republican voter doesn't feel the same way that you do. The The question that was asked in the AJC article is, you know, now that Liz Cheney is gone and some of these other folks, you know, Trump is winning at a clip of something like 90 percent of his. And even though he 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 kind of fluffs his batting average by picking people like Barry Loudermilk who yeah. didn't have an opponent in the primary. He still has a very high batting average For his endorsements nationwide You know, Here in Georgia he definitely Struck out more than he got hit And the question is does, Is Georgia an outlier And I, I think If you look at what Buzz highlighted And how the campaigns react To Trump That no, it's not just a Georgia phenomenon If Nancy Mace can pull this off By talking about policy And why she's best for the job And ignoring the Trump attacks And just letting Trump Basically, vent on her without responding. That's a winning strategy. Whether you're in South Carolina or if you're in Georgia, mm-hmm. so I, I think that Georgia's not an outlier per se. I think that incumbency advantage still matters. And that number that you just gave me is seven million dollars. What was she spending her campaign funds on? She got 37 percent of the vote. Like. It, it, uh, why aren't you spending that money to try to keep your seat? Clearly, she was self-sacrificing in an effort to launch into something else. Well, and, and, I, why well, else and, would you do that?
1: In her defense, Hagaman, Hageman, Hagaman, yeah? she she raised she didn't raise that much money, especially by comparison, and she still blew Cheney out of the water. Cheney, I, there's Cheney, Cheney. could have spent her entire war chest and still lost.
2: I think. I think for Liz Cheney, there was another factor. I I saw report on PBS NewsHour. My mom loves to watch it, so i watch it with her. They were talking to people there. Several people... Obviously, Trump's very popular in Montana. Okay, You can't downplay that. But there were several people who said, Liz Cheney's from Virginia. She ain't, she ain't from Montana. So I think... you Wyoming. You take those two, Wyoming, yeah. So if you take those... Whatever. Sorry. Fly over country. Take those, they,
1: they all look the same.
2: <laughs> you take those factors, right? That she... she She's not from around here. She's attacking a guy I like. Who the heck is she? And so I think those, you know, those two factors culminated where where it was a yeah it was a butt whooping, man. It was. I mean, there the, have also
1: there was. I mean, I remember Tim Heelscamp from Kansas. He lost his primary to Roger Marshall, and Marshall attacked him as a Washington insider. You know, I mean, those sorts of attacks can be. You know, take yeah. away the Trump stuff. Those sorts of attacks can be very valuable in a campaign. The one thing I do want to know, and a friend of mine just sent this to me: Donald Trump is also endorsing in Democratic primaries now. Really? It's like yes. the
0: Democrats are are endorsing Trump candidates
1: now? Uh, yeah, he. <laughs> He he, he he writes on his his social media network, Truth Social, a vote for Carolyn Maloney in, in New York 12 is a vote for the future. Ex, in exclamation point, like he's for real. She is a kind and wonderful <laughs> person serious. who has always said terrific things about me and will support me no matter what I do. This has got to be a joke. This has got to be a joke.
2: <laughs> this has got to be a joke. Those are words that he would use, right? And the, the important thing would, be, is, would would be that she said nice things about Trump.
0: Have you this been is, taken in by a satire site, Jason? I
2: think I might have because this has, gotta be, that
1: this isn't has got to be this is your Letterman, is it? Oh my gosh, I don't know. My keyboard's all the way over there, so I can't go look it up. But this this has got to be a joke. It this probably be, is. This can't be real. This um, is what
0: this is what real time getting pranked looks like by Jason's unknown friend.
2: We put that in the huge if true category with the emphasis on if true. <laughs> I mean if y-
0: true in all caps yeah. exclamation point exclamation yeah, this is, point. This is this is a joke. exclamation this is, point. This is a
1: joke. This is a joke. <laughs> it's, a good joke it's, a, it's, a, it's a good joke though. And it got me, it got, it got me, because I didn't have a chance to read the whole thing as I'm sitting here <laughs> listening to you guys talk. I'm making excuses for myself. I should have read it before I, re- before I repeated it on air. So this is this is what it's like to look like a jackass in the middle of the podcast. Speaking so, of
0: jackasses.
1: Marjorie Taylor Greene, she who must not be named, even though I just, <laughs> I just named her, has she says she has filed articles of impeachment against Attorney General Mayor Garland, um, and I have not seen whether those have actually been posted on congress.gov for, for the search warrant that was issued at Mar-a-Lago. I realize I'm in the minority on this. And 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 I think there is a debate and a discussion that should happen amongst people of good faith, whether it's a good idea or a bad idea to prosecute a formal, former president, especially one like him who has cult-like supporters who are already like making threats against the FBI. We can debate that all day long, yo. Know, but if there was truly a legal activity that occurred, I think we, or at least alleged legal activity, I think, I think law enforcement should get to the bottom of it. And Garland, I'm sure, I think the, I had heard somewhere that he had weighed this for like two weeks before finally signing off on it. So... I'm sure he wrestled with it because it's not it is not an a light thing to consider. I don't know, but this this strikes me as uh, I mean, she also filed the impeachment articles of impeachment against Joe Biden, like on her (laughs) like her first week in office. So, I mean, this is never going to be considered, at least in this Congress. You know, next Congress, if if Republicans have control, maybe. And I do want to talk about that in a second, but I don't know, Scott. Well. I
0: think it it it's par for the course for Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know she has to show that she's doing something because she's not doing anything, and so this fits into that category, right? Look at me, I'm doing something that's going to lead to absolutely nothing. Should Merrick Garland be impeached? You know the jury's out, right? What is what has actually happened here? Now, last week on the podcast, you were here, so we talked about this concept of you know hypocrisy within the media and. Equal weights and measures between Hillary Clinton and her email server and Donald Trump in these documents. We we talked about that at length. We we talked about other presidents who have left under the shroud of scandal. I mentioned S. Grant. I failed to mention Richard Nixon. There was an opinion piece that appeared in the New York Times this week saying that the pardon of Richard Nixon was a mistake. I disagree with that the there is a way for us as a nation to move forward and heal from these things and it doesn't include making big spectacles that try to embarrass half of the country one of the things that and, and i have a friend who's very passionate who says i'm not about what about i want i want balls and strikes to be called on this and just because hillary clinton got the advantage of a blown call by the umpire doesn't mean that donald trump should and i'm like no you don't understand like, you're creating a new precedent for political action here. Merrick, let's never forget that Merrick Garland was nominated to be on the Supreme Court and isn't on the Supreme Court because Donald Trump won. So it just looks really, really bad. It looks like he is—he has a vendetta and a personal agenda and that he is trying to execute here. Regardless of whether or not it is true, hundreds of millions of Americans are going to believe it is. And in order for us to move on from that, we have to establish comedy and social norms. And did it rise to the level where this was actually needed? Was there another less intrusive way for them to get these documents back that didn't include making headlines in this way with this cast of characters, with the Joe Biden administration, with Merrick Garland specifically? Did could we have done something like a, a public pressure campaign to, to release the information saying, hey, we believe he has this stuff illegally and then he they could build grounds, the groundswell of support. But they didn't do any of that. They went straight with the the heaviest hammer in their toolbox and attacking Trump. And, and and all of that to say, at the end of the day, when. Marjorie Taylor Greene bringing it back to the Georgia Connection files these art- articles of impeachment. She's just fueling that same fire the tit for tat, the ping pong, the political ping pong match from hell. Let's, you know, you hit the ball at me, <laughs> I'll hit it back harder, and we'll just go back and forth and continue to be divided. There is no path forward when you take actions like this towards healing as a country. And we desperately need leaders like that.
1: Not like this. one of the things, yeah, you know, one of the things I wanted to mention, and I, it take it'll take me a second to 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 pull these up. But there are three statutes listed in here. One of them actually deals potentially with his with his with financial crimes. i got pull I gotta pull it up because I remember someone telling me about this. And hopefully it was not the same person who sent me. Uh, a satire tweet. So, so it was 18 USC, one USC 1519, which is, yeah, destruction, alteration, or falsification of records in federal investigations and bankruptcy. So, it's potentially, you know, potentially a financial crime here too, but it could also be just simply destroying records that, you know, have that, that's been documented or allegedly, where he destroyed records while he was in the White House. He may have destroyed them after with this, these documents that he had in his possession. The one thing I want to note real fast before I turn it over to you, Buzz, is that Green has not actually filed this yet. I'm looking at her congress.gov page. The last piece of legislation she introduced was on June 23rd. She may have just gotten it drafted, but she has not filed it.
2: they even in session? I mean, can you file? I don't know. Can you You can't.
1: Or- can file? You can file only when they're in session, that includes pro forma days too. Okay. So they so they were last in session on Friday. They had pro forma days before that. They've had pro forma days since, days since. No yeah. no no legislative work happens during pro forma days. There are no votes or anything like that. But she theoretically could have could file it during okay. a pro forma day. Anyway, yeah. go ahead,
2: Buzz. Well, yeah. I mean, I think last week I said that I that I thought there needed to be transparency in this they've released the uh, the warrant itself but i didn't know and i I've, i learned this from listening to and Andy, andrew mccarthy former federal prosecutor was on the ricochet podcast i commend the podcast to you because he explained a lot of this stuff but there's the warrant and then there's supporting documents to that warrant where the fbi or the the, the attorney general's office would lay out essentially what sort of case they're building against this person in this case, Donald Trump. So that document will not be released, and nobody will see that in, unless there's a prosecution. And then, of course, it will—you know—they will file paperwork, and then you'll know. So we won't—we won't really know why they really why they went in there. McCarthy believes that, and he pointed out. He said, "Look, what you do," he said, "if I if I'm gonna raid Scott's house, and I I know he's a, I have real pretty good evidence he's a drug dealer, but I also think he was involved in a robbery." I'm not going to put anything in there about the robbery. I'm going to put in the warrant exactly what I know I can find and if you go in and I, then I find the implements or the evidence of the robbery, well they, they can collect that, that information as well. So you put in there what you know you can get and then you get all sorts of other stuff while you're there. And of course they, 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 they you know. so what appears to be a dispute over presidential records it could be all sorts of things. It could be wrapped up in the January sixth investigation. It could be who knows what else. It could be, and we may never know because if they don't prosecute him, then we'll never really know what this was about. So I think you know that that I think gets back to the point that Scott was making is you've got to be really really careful. It doesn't appear if from everything that I've read and heard that Joe Biden had any inkling that this was going to happen. I can't imagine that Joe Biden. And the pe- his campaign people in the White House are excited about this because it does give that appearance that he's do that he's doing what Donald Trump never did- Tr- you' know, sure Trump led the chance of lock her up they never locked her up, they never even attempted to lock her up, but here <laughs> uh you know Mary Gartland may be going after Trump, and so that I can't imagine that that is sitting well with the white House so i don't know this this is this is wild wacky crazy stuff it's possible Man,
0: it's possible we may never know the truth the, the, but it's possible that the reason they went in was simply to secure the documents right I mean it could if, be sure and they sure. used legal basis to do that they didn't want him to have that stuff anymore and they needed to get it out from under him and he wasn't being cooperative yeah. that's possible it's possible mm-hmm. that there will never be federal charges for this but, which again begs the question was there another
1: way and right. there, there had to have been another way. Pretty heavy-handed before... to
2: retrieve some documents. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> exactly. a, couple, a, couple quick, a couple quick things. The, the first thing to Buzz's point about you know about <laughs> revealing like this document that they that the mm. DOJ doesn't want to reveal. I think that hearing is tomorrow, if, if memory serves. And Trump had until yeah. today to file whether he wanted the document released or not. Yeah, I mean, everybody's saying the same thing. If you if that gets released publicly, it basically is the roadmap to any case they're building. So that would be problematic, and and you know, and that's something actually on this one I've been wrestling with. It's like, yes, I understand that, but this is extraordinary. So, and then the other thing I'll say with Merrick Garland, Scott. I can't remember if I've already said this or not. So if I've said this, please tell me to shut up. No. Nope. <laughs> okay. Moving on to our next topic. So the other thing, the other thing was basically like, yeah, Merrick Garland was denied a Supreme Court seat, but that was Mitch McConnell's doing and there was no guarantee he would have had to have been renominated by Hillary Clinton for him to get that seat. That was not necessarily a certainty that he would have been renominated. Now, he might might have, but it wasn't a certainty. He, you know, at the end of every year nominees that aren't considered and this is every year, not just every term, every year, nominees are sent back before a new session begins and this would have been especially true because you're sending back a nomination to to another president.
0: I would um, say that Merrick Garland had a non-zero chance at becoming a, a Supreme Court nominee.
1: I'm not disagreeing under Hillary with...
0: Clinton that was closer to 100 than 0.
1: I am not. I am not disagreeing with with you in terms of he had a a non-zero chance, and then Trump um,
0: becomes president, and it went to zero.
1: That is cor- That part is correct. So, uh, but my 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 point to all this is is yeah there there are potentially motivations here. You know whether. Whether he should recuse himself, that's a question that potentially should be considered. Whether a special prosecutor should be appointed is something that should be considered. But no matter how this dis- this played out, you know, the same accusations are going to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, you also have the other question of if there is demonstrably think the, you know, examples of Trump breaking the law, you're going to have, a, you know, complaints that there's a different standard, there's a different set of rules for people who who have power and influence, and Trump has power and influence, whether I like it or not, he does. So you're going to have to contend with that, and and you know, I I don't know. There was something else I was going to say, I've forgotten what it was, but yeah, I I just don't I don't think. Oh, and his claims of executive privilege, because <laughs> both Giuliani talked about this too, and I meant to bring this up before when we were talking about him. Giuliani's talked about executive privilege in context of him not having to answer questions. And then Trump has talked about executive privilege in terms of some of the documents that were first of all, executive privilege has been waived that that does not stand in that is not controlled by a former president. Executive privilege has been waived. And also like executive privilege. And I'm not I believe there is litigation on this, but executive privilege does not apply when there is criminality involved that that is being investigated so you know the 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 presidency look my big hope from all of this is that both sides will see we need to put more checks on the power of the executive the executive branch and the, specifically the office of president that yeah. is that is my dream you know unfortunately it's it's as scott said just another partisan escalation from both yeah. sides and it sucks, and it's annoying, and I hate it, but... Don't blame you. Know. you. Yep. The one thing I wanted to touch on real fast before we move on to our final few topics, have you guys been looking at the, the and again, with the caveat that the election is, is you know, a little less than three months away, have you guys been looking at polls lately? No. Okay. It's 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 getting pretty interesting. Including- yeah,
2: I, yeah, I've been kind of watching the, the generic congressional ballot. I'm getting yeah. a little freaked out.
1: Yeah, and granted, there's a lot of likely voter, a lot of registered voter polls, and and I know a lot of people don't take any any seriousness into those. But according to Real Clear Politics, their average Democrats are ahead in the the congressional ballot, the generic ballot, by ever so small uh, a lead, zero yeah. point two. Yeah. So, in a couple of the polls that have come out from the that show Republicans ahead, are not serious pollsters like Rasmussen. So you got to wonder and look i think it, considering if you if you do the math on the republicans already have about 212 seats 214 seats i don't remember i did the math the other day and i, I don't have it don't have it here in front of me they're already almost there but
0: but, but we don't run congressional elections generically and you have to take in true. the fact that we just underwent redistricting where a majority of the cham- the legislatures are Republican-controlled, so mm-hmm. there's that as well.
1: No, I yeah, it's, but that's I, and that's I, why. I it, this, it, go ahead, yeah. go ahead, go ahead, Buzz.
2: I, I, well, I think this gets to you know what we were talking earlier about Donald Trump and Liz Cheney and all these sorts of things, and and Trump's you know Trump's hold on the Republican Party and did it happen here in Georgia? If if a lot of these people that Trump. Endorsed and, and and you know push forward, twisted their arms into running and so on and so forth. If they lose, that's bad for Trump. If if Herschel Walker loses, which he might, if uh, Mehmet Oz in in Pennsylvania loses, he might. That's you know, and if they fail to capture the Senate or if they have a slim majority when when a lot of folks were expecting a massive wave, you know that that alters w- what the 2024 calculus is and trump's ability to to steamroll himself to the nomination yeah so there's a there's a lot left to be played out here but yeah i'm i'm getting word I, i'm in a little discussion a google group and with some politicos and writers and stuff and i last week i said hey guys talk me off the ledge here we got a bunch of bad nominees running for senate this uh, you know congressional generic ballot is is you know that was a big lead is evaporated and yeah, They so tried to talk me off the ledge, and then there are others who are like, no, nah, I'm right on the ledge with you, bus." <laughs>
1: no, as of, so this is according to a Cook Political Report, which handicaps, prognosticates all the, all the House races. Republicans, if you include leaners and likelies, are at 214. There are 34 races that are considered toss-ups. And those, those 34 races that are considered toss-ups, Republicans, these are the Republican toss-ups. Only one of them is in the R column. It's a, it's mm-hmm. in C13 North Carolina 13. It's a r plus two. Everything else, there are two that are even. Everything else is D plus one to D plus five. And on the yeah. Democratic side, they have they face some you know some similar similar problems. Yeah. You, have, you know you have Jared Golden seats in R plus six. like L. You know, a Slotkin seats in R plus two. But the the rule that I always operated under, and FreedomWorks always operated under when I was there, was that if it was an r plus seven, R plus four or lower it was a, it was truly a toss up. So that's this is something you got to keep in mind that yeah, yeah. And, it, and 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 buzz is right in the senate side I, at at this moment. And I, you know, let's talk again, you know, the week before the election. Right. But at this this moment, I don't see it. I don't see yeah. Republicans taking the senate.
2: All right, so the, the the ways I talk myself off the ledge are that you know, I've, I've talked with some people who are involved in spending campaign money on behalf of you know to try to get candidates elected they've been told by their their washington national counterparts get us involved in every race that's d plus five or better so they the folks with money are still thinking republicans are going to do very well this fall yeah. And then I think look to you know to Herschel's credit I think Herschel it seems it seems like he's kind of getting his feet out from under him or getting his feet under him getting a little campaigning a little better being a little steady there's fewer gaffes that that's all good he's agreed to I don't know if they finalized it but you know he's going to debate Warnock so he'll he'll be on the stage with him at least so you know who knows in a I think yeah, there is there is a, there is a lot, lot of stuff left to play out, but yeah, it's- Scott, I'll let you have your say before we move
1: on. I'm, I, I don't know if you have a if you have a no, say. I said my say. Okay, the last thing I want to discuss before our final two topics, the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, releases these reports on an annual basis, sometimes more than annual. But I nerd out over them in a big, big way. And and one of the the first one, and they released these two reports the same day. One is the long term budget outlook, which basically shows how screwed we are fiscally. And I'm not smiling because I'm enjoying the fact that we're screwed fiscally. It's just really interesting to me. The second one is America's is, is demographics. The, and the demographic one, but I've written about both of these. They're both fascinating. But the different demographic one is one I wrote about today. And it came it came from a conversation with a House Chief of Staff who emailed me about two minutes ago and told me her boss is going to co-sponsor the bill I was pitching them, which is super good news. <laughs> but I, I, we were talking about this and this came up. And I said, well, I can write something for you. I can put together some something for you on it to sort of educate you on the issue. And uh, I was like, but it's not criminal justice related. It's just, she goes like, no, 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 no. We want it for like broader, broader issues. Just to, just to, we want to see how bad it is. I was like, okay, so put something together. And I don't know, it's just, the, the report is called the Demographic Outlook 2022 to 2020, 2020, no, 2052. And I posted this on my, my substack, com. if you want to go look at it. And... Do you know the year that the number of deaths will exceed births in the United States? <laughs> 2042. You're close, 2043. At that at at that point the at that point the population growth that happens in the United States will come from immigration.
0: And then AOC uh, has finally won.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the labor force partici- participation rate which they didn't include the data specific to that, they only gave averages. But the labor force participation rate is something that we all constantly focus on. But it peaked in the 2000s at 67 percent, 67.3. But it's supposed to average 60.7 between 2043 and 2052. And one of those in the previous year, they looked at this. It was actually going to be down at 59.6, which would be a low we haven't seen since 1969. Our society is getting older. Fewer people are working entitlements are growing it's just a real problem and it's just something i wanted to mention and i would encourage people to go to that substack check it out because and it you too can right, be a
0: nerd like
1: jason pie <laughs> yes you, yes you can exile policy but the last two topics before we wrap up tonight we've got the national the college football Na- playoff national championship is coming back to atlanta in 2025 hopefully this moves over things from losing music midtown i would say this is Bigger and will have a larger economic impact if one believes that economic impacts come from these things. So, but that seems to be pretty substantial news. Um, Yeah.
0: I mean, I thought I was under the impression from the media that no more big events were ever going to come to Georgia because Music Midtown got canceled. That's what I was certainly.
1: That was su- certainly how they made it seem. Yeah, you know, we know Georgia, University of Georgia Bulldogs will have an opportunity to play in this. Should they have a good season? We know Georgia Tech won't because they won't have a
2: good season. <laughs> hey, man, the rebuild is underway. Things are looking up. You heard what Mayor Dinkins said. He says, look, he's a Georgia Tech alum. He says he's looking forward to it being a Georgia-Georgia Tech uh, national championship game in 2025 right here in Atlanta. I'm with him. You know,
1: I would like that too. Only if I could see my uncle, who's a Georgia Tech fr- a fan, cry. But <laughs> sorry, sorry, Uncle Ron. But I'm just <laughs> I'm I'm speaking truth to power here. So I want to watch you cry as your team loses. But <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm just anxious to see Georgia Tech have a winning record again. You know, I mean that's just
2: hey. you
1: know or to or to put up some points against the Georgia Bulldogs. You know, that would be this
2: year. Uh, I, hey, I'm already out there on record. We're going to be eight and four this year. Eight and there four. you go. Eight there and there you four. go.
0: Holy smokes! That is that is uh, so- that is that is bold. That is my crazy optimism <laughs> from Buzz. I guess the fourth
2: toughest schedule in the country This is going to, under the tutelage of of Chris Winkie, going
1: to have a banner year. I'm trying to find their record. I can't find anything. I, I'm trying to pull a fo- football reference. Chris Winkie say
0: at Georgia Tech now.
1: Yeah. What a traitor. What a traitor. Yeah, man. I mean, dude, what's his name? Kirby Smart coached at Alabama for several years and won national championships with it and then beat Georgia, his alma mater, so... You know these these things these things happen. You know as far as it goes, I, I can't find this. I wanted to rub it and, and buzz his face a little bit that Georgia Tech sucks at football. Your basketball school just accept it, or baseball school accept it.
2: So accept your fate, and then finally, oh, I, I know three three straight years of three and nine. So or three three. three well, I guess uh, Collins' record so far is nine and twenty five. Okay, I'm embracing uh, the suck. How it's many good. how many
1: years does he have to coach to get a winning record? <laughs>
2: Uh just one more just one and what's more. his
1: what's his what's his record against the University of Georgia? Well, he's played him three times he's only three, of course so okay, just just make sure <laughs> we're on the same page here finally, the New York Mets there is I want to play the pot that is fine there is quite possibly not a team I hate more in baseball <laughs> exactly. Than the New York Mets. And I hate them more than the Astros. And the Astros cheated. And the Yankees killed us in the 90s. I still hate the Mets more. I, I In terms of fans, I hate Phillies fans more. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but William Contreras, who is uh, our DH slash left fielder slash backup catcher, sometimes starting catcher, uh, completely, he's had a good season for, you know, this kid has had a, just a good season. Completely owned them. So, Scott, I yeah. will let you take it away. I just want to point out
0: that New York broadcasters, embody every negative stereotype that Atlanta sports fans and people from the South in general have about New Yorkers. They are obnoxious. <laughs> they're rude. They're crass. Bottom line is the the William Contreras steps in the box and it says he says, you did hear the music that he walked up to was narco. Doesn't seem right. And William Contreras, DH is the DH tonight. The same role he played in the All-Star game somehow. And then the next pitch... <laughs> was a home run straight to center field <laughs> over Brandon Nemo's head, the Mets center fielder. And then they start playing Narco well, the all, music. Narco is a
2: They're all they're all off because their their relief pitcher, what is Diaz? Who's a darn good relief pitcher, right? He comes running out on the field to Narco. But William Contreras has that's his walk up music. It has been all season. They didn't just bring this out just to annoy the Mets, although that would have been funny. But they <laughs> this is what
0: they this is what the Braves do. Mets announcers are just horrendous human beings. That's all I got to say about that. They're <laughs> terrible at life.
2: And they made and they and they made Ron Darling cover us in the playoffs, the whole playoff run until we got to the World oh, Series, yeah, and he was right. he was horrible. He was he couldn't he couldn't stand it.
1: Yeah, which
2: he was ha- hilarious he hated us. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's amazing. Before we so before we go, I want to say thank you to our Patreons, Ryan Graham, Hunter Burnett, John Vestal, Brant Frost, Reed Powell, Benjamin Hurst, and Sam Thomas. You too can become a Patreon of the Peach Pundit Podcast by going to patreon.com slash peachpundit. We have different tiers you can join, but we would appreciate it as we try to find an, a... a Good platform for the podcast, and I want you to keep in mind that these things do cost money. And while we are happy to sacrifice some of our own, it's you know we all we all got bills to pay. <laughs> so any help you can give us, if you're enjoying the podcast, we would appreciate it. Elsewhere, you can find us at peachfunded.com, You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and then also you can watch the podcast on YouTube. Scott, you get the last word before we go. If
0: you're listening to this right now, click the like. Like like this episode. I did a search for Georgia politics on. Apple Podcasts and Spotify, we're not showing up. We need our listenership because we know it's a it, it's it's a very, it's very much broader than what we're being represented in the search algorithms here. So click a like, click subscribe. That will help us a ton. So thank you for your support, even if it's in that way.
1: Yes, I agree with Scott. Go Braves, beat the Mets. Go Braves, beat the Mets. That game's about to start. We'll see you later. See you next week. Take care. Later, guys.